0: Hello? Hello, Rhonda?
1: Hey. Hey, it's Jeremy. Hey, Jeremy.
0: Hey, I've been asked, or I've been uh, designated the person to call you and ask if you'll be on our podcast.
1: Absolutely not.
0: (laughs) All right, I'll have John call. May Jason. We'll go down the line. (laughs)
1: No
0: way. (laughs) What do I got to do to get you in? I I, I guess I could call Darren. Yeah, you can
1: call him. that. <laughs> I don't know. You call my management. You call my people. You have your people call my people.
0: I'll have my people call your people and hopefully we'll work out some kind of negotiation and, and you'll come join us. All right. All right. I'll think about it. All right. Let me know when you can. All right. All right, All right. All right. thanks. Man. Bye. Uh-huh. Bye. Take me away. Cuz I can be way. Hey guys, um, I appreciate you coming back for this podcast. Uh, I know it's hard to get your your managers to schedule this one in here.
2: I uh, I'm a don't busy have man. a manager,
0: Jeremy. Well, you That's why I couldn't reach him. I'm a very that's busy you, man. That's what you, you know, always
2: tell me is you're my manager. I wouldn't you, ever say that. You know what? what? I do. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm very glad manager. to be here right now because my wife I'm has allergies at home she's so that, she's so allergied up that she the can't folks teach tonight that are uh,
0: listing or listening and not seeing jason is doing air quotes because he quotes. doubts that it's allergies and thinks yeah, that she's, she's got to give uh, me a cold again
2: last time we went out of town did the same thing. got home she was sick got sick for a week that was wonderful so it's gonna happen again apparently well now you're town. spreading she, it to me exactly what a bunch of well you know the gift it keeps on giving. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> That's what makes the viruses go around the world. <laughs> Next time you see me, uh, I will be very, very sick. Sharing is uh, from Jeremy, from Jason.
0: So. Yep. Uh, anyway, I do appreciate you coming, despite the fact that you have a sickness in the family. I'm just telling you, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> I'm not there. That's, that was the point of that
2: story. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. <laughs> What's new with you, Jeremy?
0: Um, I got back from the NAM show. Uh, I saw you guys out there. That was pretty cool to run into. Did you, guys, you see
2: me there? We go all the way. It's so weird. You. We all
0: live here in Southern Missouri and then run into each other at the NAM show. Um, it's also I saw true. you guys on the airplane and, and the, the car ride to, to the airport. Yeah.
2: It, it was just such a coincidence. It was such a coincidence that I had to we ride in the, in the same, same plane service. as you. By the way, Jeremy uh, has been officially fired from booking flights because he has made us, uh, we, We were going to L.A. from Springfield, Missouri, and we end up... Can I be honest? Yeah, go ahead. I didn't mind it that much. I think I felt better on that flight than I did on ones I have to get up at 4.30 or 4 a.m. to get on. I don't like to be interrupted. I'd rather not
0: sleep than have sleep interrupted. The red eye was Mm. not as bad as I expected. It was going to Atlanta to get back to Springfield from L.A. But
2: what are you going to do about that? Well, get a direct flight. I would like
0: Atlanta to move (laughs) move their hub to Springfield, Missouri. That
2: would make way more sense. So anyway, for you guys listening, uh, we booked a flight to L.A. from Springfield missouri we had to fly to atlanta first to go back out now i think actually the way back was easier for me even though it was a red eye i thought that was easier for some reason the way out to la i thought i was going to die that four and a half hour uh almost five hour flight from uh, atlanta. atlanta to la they're relatively same the same except for the lady that sat next to me on the <laughs> second leg of my flight who interrupted my show to ask me is that good?
0: <laughs> Is that the same one that kept reaching up to turn off your air yeah, conditioning too? Yeah, she kept too? turning
2: my air conditioning off too. Every time I turned, she turned it back off because she said she was cold. You don't do These that. These are directional vents, lady. You don't touch, vents, it's you don't touch me. other people's vents. That's no. my domain. Nope. Anyway. Well, uh, we just lost the
0: majority of the three people that were listening, so we're down to one listener. <laughs> because they uh, thought I tuned in to hear about music, not know. about flights to LA. Hey, music. You know what? We got somebody that's yeah. very familiar with music. I today, hope though. the people that didn't stay tuned in uh, really regret it because we have a very special guest today. <laughs> right. And for you we people have that a- did stick through all that, congratulations. We have a very good show coming up. We
2: have a grand old Opry star, a member. royal member of the Bluegrass family. Whoa. Her name is Rhonda Vincent. Oh, my goodness. Uh, you guys didn't know that? I didn't. I'm so surprised. I just knew we had a really so good guest. Weird. We actually recorded the podcast before this, but Jeremy's <laughs> got no memory whatsoever. Anyway, did I say anything cool? She's incredible. Uh, a great friend of ours, and great fun. mentor of ours, uh, and a great friend. Fun person, mm-hmm. and uh, and a I big fan our, of Carrot Top, uh, which uh, not we'll get into not that. very many
0: people know about this. So uh, that's that's. Pretty we'll take cool. a deep dive into that so. conversation later. But uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, uh, please make welcome to the stage. No, I'm I'm so used to the way she gets introduced normally. No,
2: no, no. We are proud to know we are Rhonda Vincent. <laughs> Welcome back to uh, the Acoustic Shop Knows People, and no, we're not talking about these, we're talking about knowing people. <laughs> knowledge. Um, today, uh, we're going to talk about knowledge with our real great friend, Rhonda Vincent, who is in here and is officially, in case you guys don't know, it is the queen of bluegrass. Hmm. And uh, yeah, we're glad to have you in here, Rhonda. Thank I'm- you for joining us.
1: I'm glad I'm glad to be here. Yeah, <laughs> I I, I, We probably know each other better than most people. We, so <laughs> we, this, is a per, this is a perfect place to have a conversation. We, so we, we definitely definitely
0: fit into the title that we know people. Yeah. Uh, the we, other I, I know. The and other one's said one's that. a stretch <laughs> sometimes. But, uh, <laughs> I think this is our first in-person podcast as well. Yes, though? it is. Yes,
2: in-person yeah. guest.
1: Well, how have you been doing them if they're not virtual in person? Virtual. We've been we're doing virtual. virtual? Uh, yeah,
2: we like we have this TV monitor up here that we you can send see. Equipment oh, and we're, like, we, not, we don't at have, have to
1: look at that. Yeah. We actually look at each other. Yeah. Well, it's going like, to make
2: it hard to ask the, the hard questions. <laughs> oh, <you know>? yeah. <laughs> yeah. This might get uncomfortable.
1: You know what? Start off with that, Jason. Come on. Hit me with that. Your arm.
0: I'm, running, I'm sorry, guys. I'm losing your feed.
1: Uh <laughs> Yeah, that doesn't work here, does it? You could try. <laughs> the
2: best part is Rhonda actually knows people. That's what we should have it be called. Rhonda knows people the, because the Acoustic Shop knows people vicariously through Rhonda. <laughs> <laughs> I like yeah, that. Yeah, or even so been, so the whole conversation. The
0: what was it like uh, hanging out with? Uh, this person and that person, and uh, Dolly Parton, you know, she's, she seems pretty neat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: yes.
0: Yes. the rest of the podcast. Uh, okay. Right. Perfect. Yeah.
2: And, and uh, Carrot Top, you have, you've met Carrot Oh, Top I have met
1: Carrot Top, yes. I, Carrot I love it. That is an interesting deal.
2: Yeah, that is an interesting deal. When I uh, think of Rhonda and comedians, I don't assume <gasps> Carrot Top, but... Knowing you as long as I have, I know that that's like an obsession. Like,
1: uh, I, Yes, one of my favorites is Carrot Top, and and I'm not sure if this should be censored or not. You can censor but, it if um, you need to. We'll, you know, <laughs> we, the, Sally, Tinsel, and I, well, the whole family and Herb, we were at Las Vegas, our first family trip to Las Vegas, mm-hmm. and there we are. In fact, so several things that go with this. and. Like, here we are, that would, they, do they call that Sin City, maybe? They, they still, still call
2: is. it Sin City, yes.
1: And see, people would not allow me to say this on TV and on shows, so maybe I can say it here. Yeah,
2: this is probably the best place. I can't wait to tank your career. <laughs> this be great.
1: I was in the bathtub. <laughs> this is what gets them when I say, I was in the bathtub in Las Vegas. <gasps> really? Before You take a bath? Before <laughs> I, know, I know, really, what's wrong with it? Before this Carrot Top Show, many years ago with the family, I'm in the bathtub, and I started singing. When my way is long, which was the beginning of a song that's one of our most requested, His Promised Land, Mm -hmm. a gospel song, which is good. Yes. Then the girls and I, I got out of the bathtub and didn't have the rest of that song, but we got dressed and we went to... See, Carrot Top. See, So what's wrong with telling that about the bathtub? Nothing. About- this is all great. I'm i I'm uh, What shows so are you
2: doing? <laughs> yeah, they
1: will not. They, they take that out. They will not. said you cannot say that you were in the bathtub when you wrote that song. So, I, I don't I, know. Thank you for allowing I, mean, you. I don't great know what songs what's are so- written <laughs> in the
2: shower in the bathtub. Yeah. I want to point that out. I just got thanked for allowing her to talk about the fact that she bathes herself. I'm just wondering, That's yeah. Really
0: nice. What kind of networks are you on? I know. <laughs> Very strict.
2: bathtub so, laws. So anyway, you go to the, so car, wait, so to we the show. So we went to Carrot
1: Top show. And like this, he was at a different location. He was over at the MGM at that time, and the sound guy was in the middle of the room, which has changed now. Not really important, but it is to this it's story. The,
0: it's all about the details. It is. <laughs> well, you're well, painting that's, a picture for us.
1: There's, there's, yes. Yeah, so we're at the MGM, we're at the theater, Carrot Top, and all of a sudden, the song with Alan Jackson, "Where I Come From." Yes. There's cornbread and chicken. Well, I'm singing on that.
2: I and did not so, know that. How yes, know see, that? there's
1: trivia made. There so, I'm singing on that song. It's in Carrot Top show. Really? Many over he plays it cuz he plays these little snippets of songs in this gotcha. thing he does at the end, his his grand finale. And and he still does. So I'm like, oh, my goodness, maybe we'll get a chance to meet him. Maybe this could be. I wrote, I got a, the napkin, I think, and I wrote a Carrot Top. Uh, we're here at the show. Um, I'm actually singing in your show because I'm on that song, the Alan Jackson song, Cornbread and Chicken, and uh, we would love to say hello if possible. Rhonda Vincent. And I took it back to the sound guy and I said, would you please, this is after the show, would you please give this to Carrot Top? And so and I said, we'll wait around for a second. And so he took it back, and the next thing you know, they came and said, hey, he would like to see you guys. That's awesome. So we got to go backstage. We got to meet him. And the girls, I forgot, they must have been 10 or 12, you know, before they got in trouble with you guys. So- <laughs> <laughs> we'll get
2: to that. I know we will. I knew that that would show up in this podcast. All right, go ahead.
1: So he says, and he's real, And first of all, the girls, he smells so good. <laughs> If you could smell through this podcast, carrot top, I don't know what he, what his, what his, uh, I think it's lotion because his skin was so soft when he hugged us. His skin was so soft. See, it's all about these details. And, and he smells so good. Now I
2: understand why they took you off the air with this story. <laughs> I'm, starting to, I'm starting to get the picture now. Maybe
1: this is the most erotic acoustic shop podcast that you've ever had. I, that's not saying much, but yes,
2: agree it is.
1: So he hugs me and he says to me, "Hey." Do you want to take the girls back to the hotel and come back? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Again. As he is pouring some Crown Royal into a glass. (laughs) And I said, oh, I thank you so very much, but I don't drink. So. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, and this is information. Luckily, Herb will never listen to a podcast. We probably told him. I was probably so excited that I kind of got hit on by Carrot Top that I was, you know, I probably said, honey, you'll never believe this, but he wants me to come back.
0: <laughs> That's hilarious. Good for you. I, I remember at that time, the girls in Tensville and Sally were just such huge Carrot Top fans, and they... They were over the moon that I think you got to meet them a couple times, haven't you?
1: We've seen, yeah, several times now.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And that and Rascal Flats, I think, were the the two things they were most over the moon about.
1: We have flown thousands of miles and (laughs) driven thousands of miles to see Carrot Top and to see uh, Rascal Flats. In fact, I was just telling somebody about that yesterday. How about driving them to Ohio during Christmas break to see? Rascal Flats was playing in a, a club in Ohio somewhere. Tinsel found it, drove over there, and I, they're in the front row, and I'm sitting in the back with my arms crossed, just like, okay, whenever this show is <laughs> over, you know, I can go. The same, my father did that same thing for me because I was not old enough to drive, and he drove Brent Truett and I to, who was with the Steel Drivers yep. uh, that you know, and he drove us to Kansas City to see Stefan Grappelli and Marco O'Connor wow. and Mike Marshall and he we sat at these tiny little tables he got it they would not we were worn of age so we could not get in dad took us in there set us at the table and then he went out with his spittoon <laughs> and uh, and sat and waited till the show was over. So did not watch other. I want it.
0: Huh? <laughs> that, would, that would have been quite a concert, though.
2: Was that with uh, would, would that have been a Grisman show too? With David, David? David
1: a, was David? no. I don't think David. No, David was not. That was pretty much the, the Grisman band. with You know what? Maybe John. I just forgot that David. I, yeah, I just forgot
2: David, Could the main I have guy there. That?
1: I think Mike Marshall was the mandolin player at the time. I Well, Mike played
2: with David Grisman too. With
0: Mike
1: Marshall. Do you think they would have all been? We'll have to look at this. I have probably did
0: a tour with Stephungar Pelli. That was. Connor Mike and Marshall Mike and maybe he was there yeah,
1: just, I just remember Steph, I just, I've never been to a show where there was an o- standing ovation after every solo yeah. I mean it literally was an ovation it was so I amazing and then he sat down Stefan Grappelli sat down just at, at the piano uh, it, it was just one of the most incredible shows two of the most incredible shows I've ever seen probably Chapman's my top probably, favorite. I was going to say <laughs> I just, I,
0: I'm just waiting <laughs> to see which one yeah. which, <laughs> which, which show which,
1: specific yeah. show that it was but Steph, that show was Stefan Capelli and Linda Ronsted.
2: I would have loved those, to think, see my either two favorites. one of those. I missed out on. No offense, carrot top. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. This but is more bro- any, of a performance. Yeah, but did any of those hit on you? That's what I really <laughs> want.
1: <laughs> Laurie
2: Morgan. That's a story for another podcast.
0: <laughs> now, uh, I, that was you know some of the cool things. I just kind of recalled Branson back in the. Late '90s, I guess. Yeah. When Branson was like really hopping, it was kind of cool. They brought some pretty large, world class acts. We got to see uh, Wayne Newton down there. Oh, I want
1: to see Wayne Newton.
0: We got to see. I uh, have to
2: say, Wayne Newton. Okay, here's the deal, guys. Wayne Newton, when that was happening right there, was probably the best, well produced show I have ever been it's like to. Like learned a thing or two in, in Vegas. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like he was an entertainer or something.
1: Yeah. But, yeah. So I always heard that he, his musicians. Had to tune their guitars and then they undid the um, the tuning knobs and that they all had to be the same direction. Have you ever heard that? Wow. I
2: have never heard that, I but it would make that, sense. That, yes, sense.
1: that they, all of it. Then the, if they go out what, of
0: tune on stage, leave it. I <laughs> it. <laughs> was going to
1: say, what happens? What happens? I mean, go out of tune. But is that is that is that uh, engineering wise? Is that possible? So you could tune it and then you undo it and you turn the not the. You turn the knob. Well, have
2: you ever possibly. really been in tune on stage? That's the question. Yeah, really. <laughs> I've never been completely <laughs> in tune, so I guess I could. It seems like can, quite the detail, though. For, right it now. is. I've I always heard that. I, I would, imagine.
1: We need, to, we need some authentication. I would then. love to
2: see that. I would say that when I saw that show, it was probably the most rehearsed well-executed show I've ever seen. Every little step, everything from the band, everybody knew exactly where they needed to be at all times. And he just and commanded the stage as exactly. well. Exactly. You know what? You're telling.
1: making me think. Elton John has to go up there, too. Wow. I yeah, saw his show. Be, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. another one that was I would amazing. Him. I got to be we in, played the in the basement, basement. <laughs> of a <laughs> well, show. Well, Elton, we could we hear Elton him going on upstairs.
2: <laughs> we, were, uh, we were playing in the Civic Auditorium in Omaha, Nebraska, and they had a show going on in the bottom of that arena. Yeah, we were at the craft And underneath. he was up <laughs> <laughs> up in the top here's the and, sold out show. Uh, it was it. a sold out show, and I did step up into the hallway enough to catch a glimpse of the concert going on in there, and I could hear it through the floor uh, but it was a massive show he
1: is he is truly amazing also.
2: that would have been good. I think but, that was better than the other time we were there and they were having the monster truck rally
1: about. Oh, yeah. so that was, uh, did you have to play during the monster <laughs> trucks yeah. of course oh, yeah. you know what we did that once it was like a drag- drag racing. The, yeah. it's like you can't hear anything. <laughs> what
2: in the world? Our favorite one was we played. What, what was the rodeo we played oh, in Colorado a, a, yeah, where we a... were in front of the bullpen? And oh. there was bullhorns <laughs> shoving through this curtain every time, all through the entire show. It was a, Literally, they had little banners that were covering the uh, fence where the bulls were all held. And every once in a while, they'd get really, really mad while we were playing. Or and a horn excited. would just oh. show up right up from behind us. You know? <laughs> yeah, Either they, they were happy or mad. Much. I don't know which. But uh, it anyway. wasn't great either way. <laughs> anyway, uh, I do want to say, uh, and kind of base a little bit, we were talking about this. We have known Rhonda for quite a long time. Um, I, one of the nicest individuals that has helped us out uh, entertainment-wise and uh, musically and friendship-wise, uh, from the very first time we saw you, I think, uh, and hung out with you at Silver Dollar City, you were just kind of a mentor and kind of just walked us through a lot of situations that we would have. Uh, throughout our history, and then since then, uh, we've got into lots of mischief uh, and troublemaking that you have then chewed us out for, <laughs> including, <laughs> including a time where we were hanging out with uh, your kids, uh, Dizzle and Sally, <laughs> became close friends, I still want to make sure, because I knew this story was going to come up, I might as well set it up <laughs> now, um, I was not there, I uh, just want to point this out. Uh, but the details that we were not... That, that, and it wasn't that, my fault. That you weren't there, and it wasn't his yeah. fault well, is what Jerry says. It's was? It wasn't my fault. Uh. I didn't do it either. So here, here's the layout of how I remember this happening. <laughs> so there was trouble. Uh, anyway, uh, there was a concert that they were going to go to. I... Joe, who, Nichols. Joe Nichols. Joe Nichols. All right. So
1: Fulton Missouri, I believe.
2: There you go. So the Let's girls. Get these details the going. girls <laughs> invited uh, Jeremy and Jason again did not invite me, so I just okay. want to point. That's how I know I'm not in trouble. Okay. Um, and they went to this concert. <laughs> by association,
1: John. Uh, by I, association. I this even, is why I don't even have the uh, I don't like these the guys. appearance of impropriety.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't like my brothers. I don't like any of them, so you cannot blame me for this.
1: So they go to a concert and then I guess everybody- and they're supposed to stay overnight in Columbia, Missouri at Again. Herb's I'm going to set up
2: you go ahead and give your side of the story <laughs> yeah, we so. didn't know that we weren't told that <laughs> so they're supposed to stay in Columbia, Missouri Yeah, Jeremy and Jason are there they decided I was
1: at home. Wait a and all minute, of a sudden, you guys. They went to the concert, Did you guys go to the concert too? Yeah, we yeah. were
2: there, all hanging out. I,
1: I was never it. made aware of that. I didn't know that you were. They yeah. were with another friend. I thought
0: they had another friend. I forget who it was. I don't with
1: remember them. that detail. But was I it going to the concert. Long? No,
0: it might have been. It might have been. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we, we were at the concert, and they were like, "So what are you guys doing now?" And they're like, "Oh, we're." I think they said we're supposed to go to our cousins or uncles yeah. or something. Yeah. And I said, "Oh man, you should have come down our way. Like, oh, that would be so much fun." And it just kept snowballing. And like, oh, we're gonna, we're gonna do this. And then I forget how the the uh, details of the next part of it went. If they I'm said they pretty sure longer, we or, said
2: you should call your dad. That's what it was. Uh, and they said, yeah. "No, it won't matter. They don't care. They don't we'll care. We do this all the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, something to that effect." Which, by the way, again. You know your daughters. I know them well enough. That sounds like something they would say. They wouldn't care.
1: They wouldn't care? Yeah. Yeah. I'm you finding mean. out a lot of things about my daughters now, years later. <laughs> <laughs> you know, now that they're- 25 years later that I was, you know, was not made, I was not privy to. All right.
2: So.
0: Well, then maybe it's we'll add and some. They, it's and they the thought- statute of limitations, so people are like willing to give you that information now, so <laughs> okay. you can't go
1: back and... See, they, and, and the cousin, Herb's cousin was not home, so they thought they would get up and get ah. home. He, say, he wasn't ho- was, wasn't supposed to be home. However, on this Sunday morning, Parker, Herb's cousin, got home early to find there was, was no one at there. his house. Yeah. That's how this...
2: So all I know is started. I'm at home and about 11.30 <laughs> and, and at make night... This, make, this <laughs> yeah, make this clear. Make this make this clear. We still Me lived and at home with our our still, parents. Still, Yeah,
0: living at home with our parents. It <laughs> wasn't like they're in, in our house <laughs> and, and, and anything.
2: <laughs> we stayed up all night playing video games. Yeah, I just played those I party video games. So I was home. And all of a sudden, they all come back, and they're all there. And I was like, "Oh, nice to see you guys." Did you guys go
1: over, or did you went I over there
2: too at the time?
1: Oh, we you were, were okay. We were all living at home, at, so you at were party house. to this. then? Well, yes and no. I thought okay. that you weren't there. No,
2: I was there. I wasn't <laughs> just at the first half. They showed up at the house, and my dad and mom asked them, "Is this okay with your mom and dad?" And of course, <laughs> they said, "Yeah, it's okay. No, no big deal." So there was that again caveat uh, put into this whole mission. <laughs> And then they did. We stayed up and we played video games and whatnot, and watched TV. And <laughs> the all whatnot of sudden, is what worries me.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I promise to you, as far as I know, there was nothing going on. And lots there. of um, soda was drank. Lots of no soda was drank. No, no. And uh, anyway, after that. I remember at like six thirty, seven o'clock in the morning, an absolute scramble because my bedroom scramble—that's a great way. It was to an say absolute it was scramble, a scramble. It, not bedroom, a band <laughs> scramble either. No, no, my bedroom was downstairs in the basement where they were all staying and uh, the girls were staying down there and then all of a sudden I hear just everybody just wrapping things up and trying to get things bagged up and get out of the house and so I come out of there and it's like we gotta go we gotta go right now mom called and we- <laughs> <laughs> we're in trouble <laughs> and that's what I remember happening they got home and then I didn't think it's still that big of a deal until we get to the festival two weeks later we're playing a show with Rhonda and I'm from standing stage. from stage where Rhonda says I got a bone to pick with the chap boys And I gotta figure this out. There's a serious problem here. Anyways. So there's the story about the time we got in innocent. a lot of <laughs> trouble. So the,
1: there is history. Yes,
2: there is a lot of history. We've had we've had a lot of fun throughout the years. Uh I got to uh hold on to Rhonda's uh dress while she uses the bathroom. Um again, <laughs> that sound again, clarify weird? <laughs> that a little bit. there was a port a pot and
0: you we were outside, outside the
2: door. Outside she the door, had the longest <laughs> sleeves on a dress that ever existed, and we're at a festival in Washington. And she's like, "I gotta go," and she's like, "John, can you hold this?" So I'm standing outside of a potty uh, <laughs> a <porta> potty pot <laughs> door <laughs> with this balled up roll of uh, sleeves of, to yeah. a dress while she's in there taking care of business. And uh, I, of course, said that. In a, if you can't talk about a bathtub, you definitely can't <laughs> talk about.
1: <laughs> yeah, porta yeah porta these, are, we have, these topics are completely. Yeah. They're
2: only podcastable.
1: Off limits, <laughs> but they're on limits for podcasts. Yeah. I'm you guys took this. a photo
2: of it and put it online. So I, I, guess. I <laughs> happened to. First thing I did was take a selfie of myself holding uh <laughs> dress sleeves outside of a port a pot, which I will share later. It's going to be uh, awesome. So
1: that's so nice. I, I,
2: I did send you a copy of it. Yes. I, I hope you enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so I think one of the things we thought was the coolest about you all, well, obviously. Dad, Dad saw you guys way back in Denver before most of us no, were playing was, any music. Was it? I'll
2: tell you this first oh, yeah, story of this. Before uh, the this is the first festival. time we ever saw Sally Mountain Show. We were playing uh, Whispering Pines. Wendy, what was his name in Gilson, Illinois? Is that right? Do you oh, remember that festival? Oh yeah,
1: Oliver Smith. Oliver, Oliver Smith, Smith.
2: That's who it was. We were coming back from New York. My grandparents lived in upstate New York, so we were driving back in a van. Uh, and there was festival signs on the highway that said Bluegrass Festival. My dad was just getting into the idea of bluegrass music, and he's like, we should stop. So we stopped and pulled over, and we ended up sleeping in our van. Uh, We didn't bring anything, but, you know, there were some blankets and stuff, but we just kind of slept in there as a family. But it was the first time we saw an out-of-state bluegrass festival that wasn't in Colorado, and you guys were on there. And it was the first oh the first band that Dad saw at that festival was Sally Mountain Show. And uh, I was pretty darn young. I don't think I had even started playing music at all at that time, but I do remember being there, and I remember him talking about... This girl, she plays fiddle, and you you should learn to play <laughs> fiddle. It's just incredible. You're gonna, you know. So we watched that. Mm-hmm. So that was like some of the very beginnings of my dad and the family getting into playing. So again, very instrumental in fault. us. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. your fault. We ended up the way we are.
1: You know, and I re- I really appreciate Zach Arnold really brought this to light to me. Is that uh, he said the first time they came to a show, he was four months old, and he has a picture of me holding him. So <laughs> thank you for making me well,
2: Zach Arnold feel so made young. Yeah, Zach Arnold <laughs> also did the. Exact same thing to us. He goes, goes, man, my first album I ever bought was a Chapman's album. And I'm just sitting here like, shut up. He sings your songs.
1: Yeah, he (laughs) sings your songs at Soundcheck and on the bus.
2: <laughs> uh, made me you know because i remember when i was a cool kid too <laughs> i was never cool by the way but and then you got zach coming up telling you how you know when i was like six years old i was listening to your music
1: yeah isn't that nice no <laughs> i don't like it at all but seriously he was born in 2000 i mean he <laughs> yeah. can't help it there's so many things we try to you know rick rack have you guys rick seen rick, rick? rick rack yeah yeah, yeah. mom we, used to decorate our clothes we with. talk
0: we talk with most of our staff is way too young and. The the mind-blowing thing that we were there before cell phones and the internet and like they can't really comprehend what life was like, but the microwave, I remember when the microwave came out, I was like, the new technology and I was like, how old are you
2: guys? Yeah. Was like, no, technology has been
1: really use, rapid. My mom's still using the one they got from Montgomery Ward in the 70s. Yeah, I think, of built it in the microwave. Oh yeah, <laughs> the dial. Yeah. It still works though.
2: I got one that's two years old. The handles broke off.
1: And, See, everything's <laughs> disposable go now. <laughs>
2: I want, my first memory of seeing Rhonda was Sally Mountain Show, but it was in, uh, the, uh, Fort Collins, Colorado, uh, Midwinter Bluegrass Festival. And I remember there being, and I want to discuss this because this is something we relate Uh-oh. with you.
1: Okay. <laughs> there was
2: a bit of a, a kerfuffle on stage. Kerfuffle.
1: <laughs> oh. And there's a lot of
2: stories out there of, of you guys that we relate to. Yes. Of, uh, some, you know, family, sibling, uh, <laughs> sibling, sibling arguments happened to you, did it ever going on during the shows and after the shows? Oh,
0: so let, let I'm me clear, shocked. Let me make this clear to you so that you're able to open up. I gave Jason a black eye five minutes before going on stage. Mo- multiple <laughs> times. Oh, no. So now your know. turn. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> now that I've shared. Yeah. We're going to air our dirty laundry. No, there's a lot of fights going on, but I remember hearing stories of some things with you and Darren and. We could really relate. It was always <laughs> well she told us that. First thing I remember, this is my first story of that, was at Silver Dollar City, we're standing around and we're with the dad and Rhonda goes, Do you guys ever fight? And I was like, <laughs> Your boy yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do. And arguments happened. I think this is part of the family band situation. I learned really quick that I could tell Jeremy really mean things if I had my teeth smiling and looked like I hate you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Do
2: something solo. better after the show. I'm going to beat you. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of that going on.
0: Yeah. Everybody, you guys look so happy on stage. Oh, yeah. Surround
2: <laughs> Sur- R- Sur- R- City was an important player in that black eye that I got. It was the oh we were goodness. playing in the up by the gate. We played that by the there was a stage they put right well, come, outside as of the gift shop. In, yes. The
1: welcome band. Yeah. Yeah. I
2: remember spending an entire day with makeup on my eye. Uh. <laughs> because, I said something to Jeremy he didn't like. Oh <laughs> man, just Jeremy the had a ten-
1: words, huh? no, we had a
2: tendency. I was in the we always had our set the benches so in the times. van. <laughs> we had our set bench in, and I was always behind Jeremy. And Jeremy had a tendency to not say, "I'm mad at you." Stop doing what you're doing. No, he just turned around and hit you. Wow, that was how we knew that we pushed in this him too case, far.
0: And I think I have witnesses. I said, "Don't do that again, or don't say that That's again, or I'm going to hit That's you." Not true. And he did it one
1: last time.
0: And you've got to be a man of your word, <laughs> if nothing else.
1: It was Gilson, Illinois, when one Sunday morning, and Mike and Bull Harmon I were in a car. We were our motor, our camper was up where we were looking exactly into the car, and they are absolutely punching and punching back. They <laughs> had a fist tough, fight too. in the front seat of that car, and then as Lori Lord came and said, "Hey, we're on," and they both <laughs> just. Fixed their clothes up, grabbed their instruments, and went and did a gospel <laughs> show. <laughs>
0: And those By guys nolly. are tough. Those punches were probably harder than ours. Yeah.
2: Well, that was the beginning for us of the no face rule. Uh, from then oh, on, oh, that's was a no, good idea. There was no allowed to be punched uh, above the neckline of any shirts. And uh, how
1: about a know. no punching rule? Well, we can't. What do happened that. to that's, that? That's not
2: a thing. No three, punching. Three boys that spend the entire day in a band together. It's just <laughs>
1: yeah, something's got to be punching. Yeah. Uh, even
2: to this day, we uh, we still no, we don't. We don't <laughs> punch anymore.
1: There's no punching.
2: No. But there's, there's still a, lot a lot of, of foul idea. foul language with what
1: you guys John. use foul language uh, never
2: no it was actually you stupid head <laughs> <laughs> you stinker <laughs> big old stinker you. Oh,
1: so I guess Ron
0: is not going to share any No, no did you guys ever fight on the road
1: I mean I'm sure there was constant fighting but I mean there's eight eight years between Darren and I and 12 years between Brian and I so really I did not know that yeah I know I'm,
0: that I'm, Brian showed up with a broken arm and I just assumed you did it
1: oh <laughs> thank you <laughs> That's yeah, football good story. had nothing to do <laughs> with that. That was
2: another good story. We never got to play any sports because of Brian. Yeah, Dad. he an example of you can't do it.
1: Broken finger. Yeah. It. Did you know? So on his left hand, his ring finger, he broke at football, and so they had said we can either we can either set it to where it's straight, or how would you like it? Luckily the. The surgeon, Doctor Glenn Browning, you probably know him, and he was aware. So Brian's ring finger on his left, he had it curved so he could still fret the mandolin because he had My he main had a choice concern is, right before surgery. Yeah, he said, "Oh no, no, no I want to be able to play." So yeah, that's if you have that decision to make, it's good good well, to know. It
0: was it was a. Example, at least, of why we are allowed to play sports. He just always bring that up. Oh yeah, you know, it could really set you guys. You break an arm or something.
2: Look at Brian.
1: Yes, that's well, <laughs> and he broke a lot of stuff. So, very good example to have. Must
2: be so. Uh, not everybody knows, and you know, well, a lot of people do know. You had a big stint. Uh, you know, obviously, Queen of Bluegrass, the fa- family band started out country, going into bluegrass. Correct with because you had Sally Mountain show was going on. A radio show, is this correct? Well, it was... Remind me how it was...
1: Yeah, this is... I mean, years ago... Well, the family traced back five generations yeah. of, of music, or I'm the fifth generation. But at that time, it was, um, you know, my, my dad and his uncles. So they were the Foggy River Boys, or I forgot what they were called. And, and so they were playing dances. So whatever acoustic or maybe electric guitar was just coming into play... So when Sally Mountain Show was born, that was my grandpa Bill, mom and dad, aunts, aunt Catherine, uncle Pearl, cousins Joe and Ricky. Plus there were other people. There was Al White on the fiddle. Jack Heron was a comedian. Um, you know, so many others. Phil Baker, Boyd Halford. So our very first documentation was a TV show that we had in um, 1967. Long before you guys were ever ever thought about uh, you don't so know how old I am. <laughs> So 1967 this is the Sally Mountain Show they were together before that but when we had that television show that's when they named us the Sally Mountain Show It wasn't just the Vincent family mm-hmm. uh, we were on it I think 5 a.m. every Friday live on TV with the farm report. So gotcha. that's, that's when it, the first documentation, and I was five and would sing, you know, and so here we are. And it was mostly
2: uh, more acoustic country, right? It well, it was more
1: that direction. It was a mixture at that point. My dad played every, he played electric guitar, he played banjo, so ba- and he had probably only been playing banjo two or three years, but dad played fiddle, he played everything, but it was a mixture of all these different styles. My aunt Catherine sang like Kitty Wells. She to this day, if she sings to you, you think Kitty Wells was in the room. Awesome. But then Grandpa Bill might sing a Bill Monroe song. Um, you know, Dad might sing Porter Wagner, Uncle Pearl. So there was a this many varied of styles that that was presented, and I think that's something that I've carried through is these different because that's what sure. I grew up with. There was something for everyone. You know. Um, depending on who the, there's so many different people It brought a bunch of different styles. Not just saying I'm within the perimeters of country, I'm within the perimeters of bluegrass. So there were all these different styles. Uh, We ended up, after my grandpa passed away, it was mom and dad and I as the Sally Mountain Trio. We played at uh, Marceline, Missouri at the Frontier Jamboree. Uh, which is why I, tr- I started playing it, um, you know, when I was six, I had a snare drum, that was my birthday present, and really? I was the drummer for the Sally Mountain Show. So when are you going to
2: hire your first drummer for the uh, new band?
1: Well, yeah, I'm thinking about, I'll, I'm going to ponder that for a while, John. I you are. I'll, I'll ponder that. But I, I saw a picture recently, I had no idea there was any picture of me playing the snare uh, with, uh, I think it was with uh, Shot Jackson. Um, awesome show bud. so pretty cool. That, anyway, is really cool that it's this is simple economics i started playing mandolin because when i was eight the buck cody the proprietor decided whoever didn't get didn't play an instrument didn't get paid uh-huh. now all of the musicians <laughs> like
0: pay for motivation <laughs> i know
1: right so and we'll, and there were a lot of wives that were singing and i was just singing and not really playing much so that was anybody who doesn't play an instrument um, and each musician got ten dollars uh, for this saturday night and so dad said, Here's the mandolin, here's G, C, and D, and you're going to be playing this for two and a half hours every Saturday night. So um, started playing uh, there. Uh, it's 1969, we went to our very first bluegrass festival in Ottumwa, Iowa. And that's when I think the focus, you know, my father had a car wreck when I was two, paralyzed from the neck down, not expected to walk, said, Lord, give me one good leg and I'll drag the other one. And that's exactly what happened. So he gained his mobility. But I think that was a that was a, a real turning point to where we were doing country and we still did some dances and electric guitar and that sort of thing. The focus then became bluegrass because he could take his family. Sure. play, And then, you know, made a living at, at some one point Darren came along and. A 19, yeah, I guess that was sixty nine. Uh, Darren was born.
2: So then you're starting to do all those, <clears throat> and then you start uh, you uh, get to start working with Jim
1: Ed Brown. Correct? Well, that's, yeah, that's years later. years later, 1985. Yeah, I'm skipping right. around. Yeah, I'm boy, gonna, you did skip uh, <laughs> around. You went you went from 1967 <laughs> to 1985. I, I, <laughs> nothing nothing
2: <laughs> consequential happened. Yeah, nothing happened, know, happened that's it. worth it talking about at that point. <laughs> <I> know, <laughs> we only I, have so long to talk here. I know. I know. You I gave us so a so hard did. out, so. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of stuff in between, and here I am today. <laughs> no, you got to do, uh, you
2: did get to go out on the road for a long time with Jim Ed Brown. And we're doing more country stuff. And I remember you talking about this, and uh, your dad talked about it too one time, of having Alison Krauss be your fill-in for that time period with the with the family band.
1: That's right, six months or, or more. Because when I came back at October of 85, um, she traveled with us, uh, continued. We played twin fiddles. I don't even think she was singing at the time. I think she was just playing.
2: That's awesome. And
1: uh, so we, at that point, yeah, traveled together. I, well, I saw a picture... And I looked at it, it's like, wait a minute, because she wore my clothes, and our <laughs> hairstyles were very similar, and and uh, it's like, wait a minute, that's not me, that's Allison with my family. So, no, a, Who's a, a that wonderful, girl with my family? A wonderful time, yeah. So, getting, and people are, are astonished by that, you know, growing up with her. Well, I'm 10 years older than her, actually. So here's here's a little tidbit that that's kind of current that Cracked me up. Now that I should probably never bring this to anyone. I said, no, let's keep this. Don't worry, we don't have a... We we have have like
2: fives of of people listening to this thing. Let's keep
1: this under wraps. So there was a post recently. uh, I think it's Bluegrass Life. And they made a post of the women... It was Allison and me and Sierra Hull and all these, I, I can't remember what the post was from, maybe the first of the year or something, a new year. Uh, no, it was National Women's Day. Thursday. So all of there's probably, I don't know if there's 9, 12, 15 women in this picture. Mm-hmm. Well, the comment, if you go back and look, it's this person was appalled. And I received the greatest compliment of my <laughs> lifetime. And I sent this to Allison, too, because her, I said, Allison, we have just received the greatest compliments of our lives, because on that post, a lady is appalled. She goes, why is it that you only post pictures of the young, beautiful women, and there's no one in their 50s or 60s? I said, man, is this the greatest compliment in my life, (laughs) because... Allison might be in her 50s, and I might be in my 60s. Might so. be. <laughs> not going to say that I'm for not, real.
2: I'm not even touching this one with a 10-foot pole. But do you see You guys are definitely you know, in your 20s. You guys really know are that. you know what I'm talking about, <laughs> yeah. don't
1: you? No, because nobody, so, ever, mis-
2: nobody <laughs> ever mistook me for being young yeah. or <laughs> good-looking. Don't our our go back. Do not,
1: don't go be telling that lady any different either.
0: <laughs> we, should, we should do a whole episode on the comments we get. Nothing that they we would write home about or call friends to celebrate.
2: <laughs> so, uh, anyway, I'm going to bring it back to your tour. We're jumping back to 1970
1: <laughs> now. Yeah, which year? I'm, I'm confused now. I you're, you're, tried to bring us to 2023. I, I, I won't do it. No, I refuse. I'm not saying any specific year, so you don't know yeah. what year this is, really. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so you're out touring with Jim and Brown, country music, full yes. on. Yes. Then you come back to doing bluegrass again.
1: I did. I, I hit a thing and said, am I going to, you know, Herb said we would only be married a year. So Herb said, okay, I can work anywhere. Either I'm moving to Nashville. Like, he was still living in, in, Kirk'sville. in Kirksville, and yeah. I was in Nashville, and we were just meeting in the middle somewhere occasionally. And he said, this is not working. Either I'm coming there, and I'm going to move there, we're moving there, or you're coming back home. One of the two, he said, I don't care which one it is. And you know what? Bless him for never saying, you cannot do this or you can't do that. He always well, who's was who's going to pay for his golf? If <laughs> That's right, or fishing. This is true, <laughs> it's a but yeah, never once, you know. But again, I'm, I get
2: to say that because I know he's not going to hear it, and he can't yell at <laughs> me for this later.
1: <laughs> well, and let me just say, at uh, you know, early on, he was the guy working five jobs, and still allowing me to follow my dream. So, you know, people they don't really know about that part, and, sure. and you know, I don't want to give him too and many.
0: And Sally and Tinsel to take care of. <laughs> yeah, Mister
1: Mom. Yeah, you know, he, he was. He would work. He he always said, "Listen, you you." take care of the kids and you clean and, and cook and that sort of thing. And I'll take care of everything else. I'll work. And then it didn't work out like he thought. See, I wasn't there to cook and clean <laughs> or take care of the kids. And uh, and I'm off, you know, following my dream here. And he's there working. Uh, and now he's, uh, I always have to say, he retired December of 2022. And I at first was very upset about that because he booked me. Yeah, And I said, and I'm thinking, how dare you? Because you're fishing and booking me at the same time. What are you going to retire from, right?
2: <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, but yeah. whatever. Oh, I wasn't yeah. going to bring what? that up.
1: <laughs> and then I said, you know, this guy has let me, he has let me follow my dream all of my life. He's never once said, oh, don't take off for for weeks and, and not come home. Don't, don't He's never said, whatever the opportunity was, Like I'm right there with you, whatever you need to do. And I said, he's let me do that. This is his dream. He sure. wants to retire, so... Let him do it. That's he deserves to do that. So
2: I remember the first time I met Herb, we were up at uh, the family festival up there in Kirksville, uh, Sally Mountain Show Bluegrass Festival, and you had a stay afterwards. We stayed, uh, I think, an evening at the house at your house with your kids, and it was okay <laughs> with you uh, because you gave permission for this. Uh, we all hung out there, and then. Uh, Herb had a restaurant in town. We own Bogies, Bogies. yes. Yeah, and we went over there, and we showed up. He didn't didn't like me then either, so. (laughs) (laughs) So, No, uh, so yes, he's been part of a lot of different things, you know, uh, throughout the year, and then became your booking agent, which again, the easiest gig ever. Uh, do you want to have Rhonda back again next year? Okay, cool. That's, that was pretty much it. That was, that's, 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 that's how he was doing well, it. She then, only then he had gets had the, the writer schedule. and
0: the M&Ms and
1: the, the, oh, the, yeah, the green, man. Slightly green bananas. That's, yeah, that's the big one green. on our writer.
2: The Acoustic Shop Knows People is brought to you by The Acoustic Shop.
1: It's in the name. Have you ever wanted to play the banjo? Yeah! were you
2: always afraid your family would laugh and ridicule you? You would totally do that! Oh, well, we can't replace your family, but we can get you a banjo that's loud enough to drown out their jeering and laughter. And in the end, Jeremy, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Stop by The Acoustic Shop in Springfield, Missouri, or go to theacousticshop.com to find happiness in a banjo with all the accessories you need, to bring that next office party to the next level, banjo style. There is no party like a banjo party. And a banjo party don't stop.
1: That's when I, I left Jim Ed Brown, October of, of 1985. The day I left, he said, I want you to swing by the house, get your last check. He talked to me for two or three hours. He said, listen... Um, you really need to be in Nashville. If you're ever going to be seen, if you're ever going to do anything, you need to be in Nashville. And he said, because he always, Jim Ed was so great to me, and he always believed in me, and he always featured me. And, I mean, my first night on the Opry, this was April of 1985. And here he's the host of the segment. He did the song somebody else was on, and he turned to me and he said, you're going to do the next song, what are you going to do? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, my first night with him was at the Grand Ole Opry, and he featured me that night, and and every night, and Good. just amazing, and always encouraged me, wanted me to play. You know, here's uh, I, I want you to play, I want you to sing, and just was such an encourager. And, and uh, but he he did not want me to leave the band, and he did not. He said, "Don't leave Nashville. You need to be here." But luckily, but I went home, and what I did, I wrote letters actually with pen and paper i know we email now we didn't have People, that
2: and did you use cursive instead
1: I, of- I used cursive <laughs> i did not print they probably couldn't read it this is probably what happened but i wrote letters to all of the bluegrass labels at that time rounder mm-hmm. and rebel and every label i wrote them and i got rejection letters from everyone except for one and it was rebel records rebel records and, and i have that album the New Dreams one. and Sunshine, mm-hmm. and they allowed me to... That was my first official, I guess, recording on my own. Bela Fleck and, um, well, so many... Just, was it Russ Berenberg playing guitar? Russ there, Berenberg and, was playing guitar, and, yeah. and I think Roy Husky or Darren... I think they shared. I think Darren played some of those, and I think Roy Husky came in and played on some of them, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, that's, that kind of became... That was the, the very first time that I... So I basically was traveling with the family, but started recording as a solo artist. I don't know if that's what you're getting to. No, I have nothing
2: what I was getting to. I'm just going through this, <laughs> this whole all there's, a, there's so many cool things with with Ronna throughout the years um, that, you know... Again, we'll have to
1: do a hundred of these podcasts <laughs> to get everything in. <laughs> to get them in. all in.
2: Because uh, you did, and you did solo stuff, and I'm still following it. And I became a huge, you know, Ronna Vincent fan. I was doing all kinds of... Following you guys and watching shows. Um, and then... Uh then you did a country career for a while with Giant Records. And again, me and Jason just pulled out this album the other day, the Written in the Stars album. I love that album. Oh, I thanks. think it's one of yeah. it's one of the greater country albums. Uh, you know, it was just in a time when there was a lot of stuff going on. I can't um, find my copy of that album because I have the, I, the only one that's <laughs> I on Spotify you now up. is Trouble Free. Um, do you want cassette? Um, cassette? Do
1: you want it on cassette <laughs> or yeah, CD? Yes. My Jason? truck,
2: <laughs> my truck doesn't even have a CD player. No anymore. CD players anymore. <laughs> even so, yeah. But those are those are great albums. Those do, yeah, uh, uh, both of them uh, fantastic country albums, and you did that for a while. And then I remember the big move, Rhonda's coming back to Bluegrass. And that's when I think, I think it was I think we played officially... the first
0: show maybe. When...
2: Well, I played, we played a couple shows with you in the bands leading up. I want to say um, I know uh, Bull Harmon was playing guitar. Um, yeah, if you
1: think of Rage, you can yes. find all the names. Well, I can't Because that's how I came up with it, or I, Herb came up with the name. Yeah, I can't remember. Rhonda. Rhonda. <laughs> Audie. Alan. Oh, Allen.
2: Yes, Alan now, Jones. When I saw you, it was actually
1: Bob Black. Oh, that was after. Yeah, that wasn't okay. the very first. For, one, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the very first, first. Was Alan, Joey, and Earl? Yeah, Alan Jones and Joey, Joey Winneman yep. and Earl. Earl. I just Musica.
2: remember going to every festival and you were introduced the wrong way every time. It was Rajay. Be Rajay, oh, I know. Rajay. I Raji. Like,
1: okay. <laughs> then all of a sudden it was Rob, Bob, and Bull. So we got rid of the J and just made it run in the Rage, and that got made it easier. And that was a
2: that was a big move because everybody was talking about Rhonda's come back to bluegrass because there was a it was a those were significant country albums. I mean Randy Travis on some of those yes. cuts, Dolly on them. yeah, and it's just. It's country as what was happening in '90s country, '96 and
1: '98, I think, are the years those came out.
2: So that's you know power, and then come back, and then that's officially, I think, when Rhonda was declared the queen of. I Blue think Dress. it built up a
0: little after. That. I'd, I'd like clarification on this story. Uh, <laughs> and this, I've, I, I'll preface it by you saying Rhonda it. is probably one of the. She's for me an example of like hard work mm-hmm. and just you, you have kind of this insatiable drive to just be doing stuff to, to keep furthering your career. And, and growing, um, but we had heard the story that uh, Martha White was obviously a huge history with Bluegrass Music, with Les Flatt and Earl Scruggs, and um, sponsoring Blue, uh, Bluegrass Music in general, but there was a pretty big gap there where they weren't associated with any artists, and the story was that Rhonda basically went and worked up the Martha White song, kind of just made her way into a board meeting or some sort of meeting with the Martha White people and just kicked off the song and said, hey, we want to be... The new face of Martha White in bluegrass.
1: I like that story a lot. Is that better, better than? The- I love that. I wish I had known that a long time ago. That's not and how it I, happened. Well, it sort of, half of it, sort of. But no, I did. I recorded it. It was uh, the second album for Rounder, "The Storm Still Rages," and the, the, we had finished recording for the day, and the band was in there like, "Let's cut something else." It's like, "Oh, I don't really have anything." Martha White had just done a contest, a theme of if you sang their theme and sent it in, and you could win something, and and I said, "Well, let's record the Martha White theme," and they just ran to the back to the microphones we recorded it all live and then so it took me a year to find a contact i i, I encourage you to try to get to the, the way you know i had no idea i had, Morris, had no it idea the either. way the the way that works you know they have different uh, offshoot companies representing them and you can't find them well he, the crazy thing is martha white was wanting to get back into bluegrass How, little did i know they had sent an email to ibma who sent it out to all of the managers and all of the the people and I the the people associated with that? Do you they never know? Never made it to our desk. No one me. responded. Yeah, Not one person responded. But as I'm ta- every time I would talk to somebody, I'd say, "Man, I recorded the theme and I'm trying to find somebody with Martha White." And they said, "Hey, they just sent a thing out and, and about. They're looking to sponsor a bluegrass artist." I like. I'm like, really. It really is a, a, a great example of how God, in his own timing, brings everything together, the right time in uh, the right place, because I found the person, I got this, all of a sudden, this phone number for this woman in Florida. And I called it, of course, and I when said... when you
2: think Martha White, Florida.
1: Yeah, okay. right. See, they were, at that time, based in Minnesota. This is this disconnect. <laughs> and I said, I, her name was Virginia Pattison, or is Virginia Pattison, a dear friend still. And I said, I told her who I was. I said, I've And in my letter, I had written that I taught my daughters to cook using Martha White, and had grown up listening to the Martha White show. And I would love to represent their company, and uh, and so she and I sent her the when I talked to her, I sent her the song that I had recorded. And she wrote back and said, um, "What are you? What is it that you're looking for?" And this is people had invited me after this to be part of their sponsorship meetings and seminars, and it's like, this is not any great infor- <laughs> secret information. Uh, it is, and I guess sort of part of the story, I know now what you're talking about, um, because I basically was looking for this person, and she said, there's no standard contract, there's no standard anything, which is probably my entire life, it's just like willy-nilly and, and spontaneous and impromptu, and, and she said, what are you looking for? I said, well, you know what, I'm looking for, I need transportation, that's, that's what I'm looking for. And they provided our very first bus. But So the, probably what you're talking about, the company was based in Minnesota. And once again, God's timing. We were in uh, doing Garrison Keeler's A Prairie Home Companion. Mm-hmm. And all of the company that owned Martha White at the time came to that show. And Virginia said, now they're coming to your show. They're coming to see you. We did the Prairie Home Companion. We did a show in that theater right after A Prairie Home Companion that night. All of Martha White was coming to see us. Very, I was so nervous. And then she said, they will probably come and talk to you after the show. So we played our show. And afterwards I sat, after I signed, and I waited. And I waited. And no one from Martha White came back. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, no. They don't like what we do. They didn't, they didn't like it. And so, And I didn't hear from anybody. And two weeks later, I got a call from them that said, we want to sponsor you. And so that was that pivotal moment. And probably that's what you're saying, the board meeting. It wasn't exactly there, but. Oh, I, I do the,
0: like my story better.
1: It, I that, it seems it's like it. a lot, lot work. Uh-huh. So I'm going to let you tell <laughs> okay. from now on. If somebody says, How did you get the sponsorship? I wanted to just
0: kick down the door and they just rushed in there and just start playing. I love it.
1: And yes. The board of
0: directors said, You're hired. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nope. That's great. But it, it,
0: it kicked off a great relationship uh, for Bluegrass, again, just to have Martha White reassociated. Uh, but for you, touring around in that bus for what was it probably 15, 15 years. years
1: 15 years with them
0: you got you were on the face of a number of different uh what, muffins? blueberry muffin yes.
1: packages yes i don't forgot how many millions of the blueberry yeah. muffins i cannot
2: tell you how many freebies of tchotchkes <laughs> and things from martha white i, I have got a little Marta. bit of, i have one of those little bitty uh, <laughs> cast iron
1: oh the skillet, skillet? skillet they they ended up they were going to change their logo you know, it was from the pie lady, mm-hmm. and, or at first it was the baby. Yeah. Then they made it into the pie lady, and then it was so going to change it. They changed it several times while I was with them, but because they changed the logo, they emptied out a warehouse. And I came home uh, to, to my place in Nashville one day, and there was there had been a delivery, a, a semi truck <laughs> delivery that had filled the porch. To the ceiling, to the roof. The entire porch was filled with Martha White um, pro, uh, things like t shirts. I forgot yeah. how many boxes. I still have a shed full of Martha White t shirts. A shed. A shed full of <laughs> Martha White. T-shirts and skillets and measuring cups and spatulas and pencils and I can't remember all the things. I I remember
2: not long after because I think this had to happen like not long (laughs) after that we came and stayed at the studio in there and and Rhonda comes and you know invited us to stay which again. (laughs) The Kindest person in the entire world, and I'll get to that too. Um, but tell as me we're more, there, say yeah, it more, John. There, Just keep on, yeah. I know I'll, I can do it. Um, as we're there, all of a sudden uh, at the end of the stay there, she's got like this box full of everything <laughs> that you can think of from Martha White. She's like, Take some of this home with oh, you. Please. And I took a whole mess of it home. So, so the onesies and the- <laughs> <laughs> onesies, yes, I had a little onesies. bit of everything. So, but yeah. I, Jason still wears his. <laughs> just, buckle two of them together. Yeah. Another great story that I heard. I think I heard it from you. Yeah, we'll make up another one. Yeah, let's make up another story. Another example of uh, Rhonda's drive and, and just getting out there was the, the Merle Haggard story of how you guys started and opening for Merle. Um, I believe it was, you guys were just touring when Merle was playing somewhere nearby.
1: In Florida, once again, Florida? Okay. in the villages where Virginia Pattison, see how this all circles oh. around? Virginia Pattison lives at the villages, but we were playing down there. We are playing actually like four hours away from there. Merle Haggard has a sold out show at the villages and I'm like, we have a day off and I, I've been looking to see what's going on. It's like, <gasps> Merle Haggard, I've never met him. I've sang with him. This is one of the one of the highlights of my life. I got asked to sing on the George Jones Merle Haggard duet project, and I got to sing on five songs. One of which was with both of them. The others were like they did each song. So, but I never got to meet him because neither one of them was were there whenever I recorded. And so, and I his driver had been to our show in uh, Bakersfield years ago, and I said, I wonder if I still have. The phone number like, how could I get a hold of Merle Haggard? Because I want to go see him. The show was sold out, so we could not get tickets. Called this guy up at 1 o'clock in the morning. Of course you of did. Florida time. Well, he's driving Merle that night and answered his phone. I said, hey, we would love to come to the show. And I said, you know what? Not only would we love to come to the show, could we open the show for you guys there? It's our day off. And he goes, you know what? Because he called him chief. He said, I'll talk to the chief in the morning. So we're four hours away, mind you. And I thought to myself, if we go ahead and drive up there, that will jinx this whole thing. So we're just going to sit tight. We're four hours away. We're going to sit here. 10 o'clock the next morning, 11, 12, 1, hours before 2 o'clock, obviously. uh, He calls and he said, the chief said to come on. He wants you to do a few songs. Come on up here. So now we have four hours to drive. (laughs) Guess what time sound check is that we're supposed to be there? Two o'clock. <laughs> two o'clock. I wake up the driver. I said, we have to go. We've got to get to the villages. And we've got four hours. And we've got to be there by two o'clock. Because Merle Haggard said that's when we're supposed to be there for sound check. And we're going to open for him. I wake everybody up on the bus. I'm so excited. And that's we got to meet him that night and take pictures. So, well, When we arrived, when our bus pulled in, his wife, Teresa, came over to my bus and said, hey, come on over and talk to Merle. And uh, the first thing I did, I get there, I go on Merle's bus, Teresa, Merle, uh, their dogs, they had to, They have those little um, chihuahuas and sitting there. And I it was the most surreal experience. I bet. I'm sitting at the back of Merle Haggard's bus and going, hey, I just can't believe this. But anyway, it was a, and it, he was so nice. He played Hunter's fiddle even because he, yeah. he, yeah, he's he a, a fiddler. Guy, yeah. And uh, so it was just, uh, we got to open for him. It was just an amazing experience. And I'm so thankful that we got to do that. But yeah, I mean, I guess if the advice for to people is like if you if it's something you want to do go go try it. I yeah. mean, you guys do the same thing. You get ideas. Let's let's do this, right?
2: Yeah, and then we force Rhonda to do them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's something that we have kind of learned from Ron, from Rhonda's example. Is exactly, we were so bad as a band to even ask for anything or try to. We wanted to be so far back and just you know. If if somebody really wanted to do something for us, they'd do it, you know. Uh, but we've learned we as we <laughs> got no, further into business happen. that you know <laughs> asking for things isn't a bad thing, and actually using those connections to help you out a little bit and see what could happen is, well, it's a good a, I, good thing. Yeah, I, I want to again, and I've said this on many different occasions. I've told you this. I've never met anybody that is a harder worker in the music industry than Rhonda Vincent, and that is absolutely the truth. I, I'll tell you another story that I remember. Uh, you invited, me and my wife had just been married uh, not too long, and you invited us to stay at the studio. Uh, you were out of town, and you said, I'll be in there like Wednesday or Thursday or, you know, whatever. And, it's, and that was a second home for you. Because yes. you, you had a studio downstairs, but you had a place upstairs. And I said, well, where are we supposed to stay? She, she just gave us a key code and just <laughs> go. And I'm like, where are you supposed to stay? Well, my room's open. And I'm like, okay, so I guess that's where I'm staying. Um, but it came in there. You came in during the week. And this is absolute truth. She said, I'm going to make sure we get time to go to dinner and we're going to do a couple things. But you came in. I have never seen anybody with a busier appointment because you had just come in off the road, off of a trip, like on Monday. Tuesday, you had meetings all day long. We did schedule some stuff in. <laughs> Wednesday, you had meetings all day long and signings. And I've just, I was like, she's got three days off of the road, yet she's working harder than I think she was when she's actually out on the road. I've never seen anything like it. And I've known you for a lot of years. <laughs> it's always that way, always yep. that way. You're always on, you're always working to make things happen and it's not just for your career but also for the band's careers everybody that's involved all your uh, the guys that work for you all talk about how that that you help them to figure out how to make their careers better and you know not just as a member of the rage but as you know individual musicians too i admire it a lot you've always been super generous with it um i know nobody that works harder uh, and it's for it's example, been awesome to see this. Yeah. you have some time off between driving her up to a, a golf <laughs> tournament, and you're hanging out with us.
1: You exactly. I would just. I gonna wouldn't say David. this is going to
2: further your career, but it's <laughs>
1: something. I was talking to Sweet Brenda this morning, and she goes, "Well, what do you do?" And I said, "Man, I didn't sleep very well. I'm so tired. Well, what are you going to do today?" I said, "Well, I'm actually going over to the acoustic shop with the Chapman." She goes. Of course you want. (laughs) She goes. You're not going to sleep in and just lay around this morning, are you? It's like who wants to do that? (laughs) Me?
2: (laughs) I didn't want to be here for this. You guys just.
1: I was say you just came blue overnight. Whose idea? Whose grand idea was that? That's Jeremy. Hey, Jeremy. He's the
0: best.
2: I'm not in charge of flights anymore. <laughs> you handle it. Well, I don't want to handle it. I just, I want to complain about you doing it.
1: So. That's more fun, isn't it? It's absolutely. Doggone it. If I had somebody to do that, I could complain about it.
2: Jeremy's all in on this, by I the way. I guess you it's, are. It's, 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 for the first time, we got to uh we got to have some upgrades because uh, Jeremy's got these cards now, and then we even got to go in the Delta uh <gasps> lounge. the lounge.
1: Oh, I've never gotten to do time. that.
2: Oh, we did. It, no, let me tell that you, that's food? an experience in there.
1: Well, so what is it behind, so, behind those doors? I've never gotta, seen that. You got to go. You got to. What do, do you get to do? So, so well, I this went was in there
0: because we had that red Bud eye slashes? flight. Massages? Oh, yeah, Pretty close. Them. Yeah. Pretty it's close. the red eye flight, and we like we got a hotel for the day because we had the entire day of Sunday. Waiting Doing for a flight. So like we should try to get some sleep. So we did that. And then we got boards into the hotel. So we're like, oh, just go to the airport. We got there about 930. And then our flight didn't leave till we boarded oh. at 12 a.m.
2: So we're hanging out. Jerry was like, well, we'll just go in there. And he's got enough points to get us all into there. Nice. I'm telling you, behind that deal, they got this. Uh, this was, uh, by the way, at the LAX airport. So it's probably a pretty nice, Ooh, an extra nice fancy. one. So we get this escalator up into this grand room. <gasps> yes. They've got a buffet up there Ooh. with yeah. food. They've got multiple uh, coffee makers that... Private showers. Oh, my I goodness. I did not know. Yes. Did you really know nice that private Delta has... Private showers, and then you go into this bathroom, and all the stalls are like private, like, like walled room. in, decorative. Well, those are bathrooms. usually when I
1: go to the restroom; they're all walled in. I guess that's not true in the men's. <laughs> no, I mean the tar- <laughs> you,
0: can't, <laughs> you can't you can touch stuff underneath or anything. They're, yeah, they're, yeah, like, they're, they're like big doors,
2: like, doors I'm talking like a private area. Like, oh, we like, say
1: room, room. It's a yeah. room,
2: like sealed off with these heavy
1: doors and the whole deal. Or, that, I'm claustrophobic. Uh, <laughs> that seems a little freaky to me. <laughs> I don't, would not like that.
2: But it was a good way to kill a few I hours. Did, I could just, we just see you're to go into the bathroom and having a panic attack oh, right yes. there. Ah! I don't like those.
1: I just I like blew to up Jason's to get, system right I'd crawl under there. the door if I had to. Talk as a to child, your neighbor. Your, Who's going hold your sleeves? <laughs> Nobody's going to As a child, I I would always lock myself in the bathroom. I have so many traumatic... No wonder I would not like that. <laughs> there's there's some trivia for you. All right, there you go.
2: <laughs> but uh, they had a full open bar. They have actual showers. So you I don't have to know. pay for
1: any, it's like no. Everything's free when you go in there. You can, in can in drink there. anything you want. Yeah. You can eat anything you want. We Spend have, uh, as much time in the top, bathroom. Yeah,
2: <laughs> they have top shelf stuff that you have to pay more for. Oh, okay. But everything else is all just wide open for you. And then I, I hate I to admit to that when we
0: finally had to leave and get to the gate... And you see what the peasants are, where they're sitting. <laughs> like, we forget that until this one trip, that was us. Every other trip, we're like, ah, oh, these four so people should, have to sit out here at the gate.
1: Uh, so we should just all meet at the airport and just go, just go to one the these lounge, yeah. lounges. lounges. This will be like a, a staycation. It, actually,
2: I think that's what you should do is book a flight, show up four or five days early. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think there's some restrictions. <laughs> there's, it's a hotel.
2: And then you just get your flight and then come back.
1: Perfect. <laughs> is there a place to sleep? Uh, definitely. Some
0: of do they That's have these minutes. they call them like a uh- Minute lounges or something, or minute suites, and you get your own bed in there, and you, you spend a few hours in nap,
2: there, have a little nap. And yeah, there's there's a lot of couches that people are laying down, and you know, like comfy couches and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, set up for business. Delta yeah. has a uh, good one. I'm assuming United and all that too. Again, if you guys are listening to this uh, podcast, <laughs> uh, we went, talk Jeremy. We he knows just, the cards you need to get to the miles. <laughs> not just that, I want to talk to Delta, United, any other yeah. other airlines a that want to looking podcast. for free sponsor flights for the acoustic free shop. Flights. I I don't even care about the free flights. Just, just that's in the lounge. <laughs> <laughs> I've never flown From a Texas. first class. I did uh, one flight. time. Me and my wife went to Vegas. But it was JetBlue on Spirit. No, it was not Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, JetBlue. I'm sorry, uh, yeah, you, we would go. like that sponsorship, but Jeremy to does not want Jeremy. On it. So Spirit we did. We did first class is coach everywhere else. <laughs> we did Spirit, and we bid on our app to get uh, upgrade seats, and we got upgraded to first class, first row, front, forward, and back. And man. I don't. I never wanted to go
1: back. Oh I bet. that's right. <laughs> and so moving we,
2: space. We went off t-
0: topic there a lot,
2: but yeah, that was a lot of fun. Though. Is, uh, welcome back to airline talk.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we were in Los Angeles once, and they, we went and got a massage, and they had a napping room, which was really strange because it's just nothing but a marble floor, and there were these people just laying. I mean, on you the just floor? on the floor on a marble floor, and you just went in and. And lay down on a marble with all of these. I got to think. Since twenty twenty, do they still have that? We need. Spray with next Lysol. time you go to Los Angeles, go <laughs> check that out and see if all those people are still napping together. I mean, there's probably. 100 people in there napping were, I like that LA liking. also
2: has a pet relief uh, area next to most a lot airports do now yeah oh. I've never seen that before it's, there's it's one like in St. Louis fake, it's like the- fake grass that the dogs
0: go in and do their thing and, <laughs> and a fake hi- yeah. fire hydrant in the middle of it <laughs> Ronna's Ron story of LA she seems to know the massage places in each town but <laughs> I so, I think in my phone I still have this she was telling me about this place that her intensive went in New York City it's oh my like, goodness now let me warn you <laughs> You have to be nude. <laughs> so I've got it in my phone is nude massage place. <laughs> I don't I don't go to New York City, so I've never been there, but it's still my phone. It's like, you've got to try this out. It was the best massage I've ever had.
1: Uh, it, well, we were in this hotel. Again, this
2: is going to be cut from some live uh, yeah. venue. So yeah, never, mind. It's
1: <laughs> <to be laughs> never mind. only allowed on Never mind. Strike that from the record, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna call
0: that up. Is this the new? <laughs> <laughs> they
1: moved. They've moved now. They moved. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah. You'll never. And be I haven't been to, to the, the new safe. place.
1: The old place. I happen to find them in a while. So. <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway, as you can see, uh, spent a lot of time with Rhonda.
1: <laughs> we share a lot earlier.
2: No, it, it is always a wonderful time to get to hang out with you. Talk about stuff again. Um, I know we're going to do a little bit of the business deal. If you haven't checked out com, lots and lots of information about where they're going to be. Rhonda is now a full-fledged member of the Grand Ole Opry again. Woo-hoo! How awesome is that? What a great year to be inducted. Out. Yeah, <laughs> the best year ever. She gets told about it, and then it takes two years till she actually gets to get the whole thing to happen, but uh, because of COVID, by the way. It wasn't because she wasn't good enough.
1: No. <laughs> to put that Thank out you for there, that John. clarification. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I weren't wasn't thinking that, but now I am. <laughs> now I am. That's why I did it. Uh, but seriously, uh, check them out. The band is just killing it these days. Do you guys really get free meals at C- Cracker Barrel? Or is that a rumor, too? Uh,
1: I, have not, Opry I, I have not. I have not. I thought you guys got like
0: a Cracker Barrel I heard card. Wrong. Yeah, I heard that was a
2: big
1: I think there was at one time. Yeah. Since I've been a member, they've just said no more.
2: They just knew your band with While you're doing this, John, I do want to take oh. a moment to brag on the band right now. I think... Some of the best yes. harmonies I've heard with you and all. Oh. Zach. We played with you at Winfield, and we sat in the audience and just were blown away with Zach singing with you. You guys tight, were tight, tight,
0: tight. I wasn't as impressed with his performance up in Washington because he was in an ambulance in the show. <laughs> <laughs> now we
2: got to tell that story. Now we have to tell that story because that we're actually calls out the up. podcast. But let's just go with this another is, story. This is my favorite. This is my favorite uh, rage story ever. Yeah, Zach has uh, been with the band, I don't know, about six, eight months at this point. And we're up playing a festival, which is the first time we've been out as a band, as the Chapmans, uh, since, yeah, probably 2019 or something. And we get out there, and we've all done a couple shows. No, that was your first show of that, that festival, I believe. And then all of a sudden, we're hanging backstage, and Zach's there, and everybody's warming up. And then all of a sudden, there's an ambulance behind the stage, and I see them <laughs> carrying, or you know, kind of carting Zach uh, onto into this ambulance.
1: And this is 15 minutes before our first yeah. set. And it's right, right he's like right before him.
0: He's like a ghost, looking like he's so pale and. Yeah, he got
1: really sick all of a sudden right before the show.
2: And I think he's got some uh, diabetic type of stuff going on, blood sugar issues. He's <laughs> he was telling us about, or something was going on. Um, but anyway, he he's now sitting in an ambulance, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm sitting here like. Okay, and the band's still going on. I asked, I asked yeah. Rhonda I said, "Are you? Is it good to go?" And she just looks at me and she goes, "Oh, it's okay. We just swap out people and we just I'm, move them in, and it's totally what happened. <laughs> All of a sudden, we got one moving to guitar, one moving to here, and, and it just—it was like a dominoes game or something that we just swap out players and they just walk up on stage, and then they release Zach like 30 minutes later because they got his blood sugar back up and the whole deal." And I'm just standing out in the audience watching the whole show. She's just gone on with this whole show. Like,
0: nothing The majority of the audience didn't realize that nope. they're one of their... Main singers and harmony guys <laughs> was in an ambulance backstage. Like, the like show must go on. on. But yeah. that's
2: part of the, uh, again, uh, a great thing that's going on with this band right now you have is they're all so, so talented that you are swapping people out. When they can't make a show, you just go, all right, well, then I'll move you to here and you ch- you play this and all of a sudden you've got the, a new band that's the same band.
1: They are I love that we have this these options. It, it gives us such a variety, different sounds, different things we do. And just for the record, so as Zach is in that ambulance and driving, so they they want to get his sugar up, and they That's gave right. him a ham sandwich. And this, he's, it has mayo on it. Really? He doesn't like it. And so they're giving him a sandwich. He's like, so he's sick. He's in an ambulance. And he's like, they're trying to make him eat this. And he goes, <laughs> but I don't like mayonnaise. And they go, eat it anyway. (laughs) And they made (laughs) him eat a ham sandwich. That is this the whole crux of that, that he remembers from that, is that they made <laughs> him eat him, a Mrs. ham sandwich. No, and not anything an else. That he was sick. He could have died. But that they made him eat a ham sandwich with mayonnaise on it. That is what, to this day, drives him crazy. <laughs> but no, I, I feel so blessed to travel with these amazing musicians. And, you know, Mickey Harris on the bass, 20-year member. Yeah. And, I mean, he can virtually pick up, you know, any instrument. hmm uh, Aaron's, Aaron McDerris from Hartville, a fellow Missourian. I don't Missourian. care for
2: him very much. <laughs> he, uh, he worked here for a short amount of time. Ends up his work ethic, not that
1: great. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Wanna, I absolutely can much He's much better. Some of our
2: talent. <laughs> yeah, oh,
1: <no>. <laughs> <laughs> so Aaron's on banjo. He's been here 13 years. And, you know, those guys are – there's the veterans of the yeah. group. And then, you know, we have regrouped in the in the last few, I guess, a couple of years, two or three years. Uh, Jeff Parton joined us on Dobro. Now three years as a member of he the Rage. an
2: extremely versatile musician. I mean, plays Jeff everything. Jeff
1: is the guy. Yeah, he's like – what do you call that? The, the utility man? He's, a, he's absolutely so a utility man. They, I, with him in the band, I if somebody's like, I'm sorry, but I can't make it this weekend, or not usually on a weekend, but at the Opry we get to, you know – Uh, We'll switch around a lot of times. And if that's the case, Zach can't make it or whoever can't make it. um, Jeff goes to guitar. Zach might go to banjo if Aaron doesn't come in for the Opry. Or or Jeff is an amazing bass player. Whatever we need, Jeff can pretty much cover that. Except Uh, for fiddle. He said he doesn't. And you know what? He even challenged himself and us the other day. He's thinking that he is going to learn a triple fiddle. The third fiddle and he be can able. I don't even do it. I, well, I mean, that you know he can. Yeah. yeah. You know he can, and and it amazes me that he wants to do this, yeah. right? Why would he need to? He plays everything else for pity's sakes.
2: Just because he can. D- yep. Uh, so. I I want to put my name in the hat for filling in for Rhonda when. Uh, <laughs> I've yeah. done it, like in our band. I, I've seen her parts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's true. Yes, you have, haven't you? <laughs> and then we have so Zach Arnold, who we've yeah. been talking about. He's uh, he's about to. Uh, His second anniversary, when we announced he joined the Rage, we were actually at Silver Dollar City on Mother's Day. And so he's about to uh, to make a, have an anniversary when we, we go back to Silver Dollar City. But he is a premier vocalist mm-hmm. in bluegrass music, and he, you know, he's only he was born in he's only twenty two, I guess. Well, b- we're not going to date he's this or anything. Yeah, he's just he's just very young. He was born in two thousand. Just let me say that, uh, born in two thousand, and so he he is now continues to learn. And you know, he was a mandolin player who joined us on guitar, same as Josh Williams. Josh was really a mandolin player or played other things. He was one of, Josh Williams was one of the first fiddle players in the Rage. So another guy yeah. that plays everything. Yeah. And um, so Zach brings all of these exciting, this excitement of this youth and uh, new things. Hey, I want to do this. And sure. I love that. I love the, the freshness of that. But his his vocals and the harmonies that he brings, that's, you know, when, you're, when your own daughter comes up and say, Sally said, wow, um, I've never heard your harmonies any better. It's, it's so that's very true exciting. With, with Jeff and Zach, they bring this um, just amazing sound. And then most recently, I mean, just... Weeks ago, uh, Adam Haynes joined us on Fiddle. Mm-hmm. And once again, the, one of the sweetest men that I okay. have ever met. I absolutely, like Aaron said, has never heard a bad word said about Adam Haynes. Yeah. And well, let his, me fix that. <laughs> you know something <laughs> about much, him we need to know. How much time do we have on this <laughs> <laughs> But no, we, I, I just, uh, I love working with Adam. And, and he also, not only do they bring the, performance on stage. But we now have uh, recording rigs everywhere. Jeff has a studio at his house. Adam has a studio at his house. Zach and I just put rigs at our house. So we are going into recording mania. They are on the bus now after the show writing songs, playing songs, recording, mixing, uh, doing all this. So it's become this, this perpetual thing about music and recording and, and uh, just the creativity sure. that they're bringing. Uh, you know, awesome. Zach needs to have his own album, and he's kind of started that process, but he is writing these songs, and, and I just want to say I love working with these guys. It's a, not only great musicians, incredible musicians, but great people and that's so important. We spend, we're probably with each other more than we are with our families and yeah. so it's very important that you have just amazing people and, and they truly are good Christian men and I, I just, I love them all so very much and I'm, I feel very thankful. Yeah.
2: That well said. Uh, yeah. Except for a couple Ditto. of them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: that's true. We'll, we'll talk every about that off of camera. But we do have a history <laughs> with pretty much every one of those guys, a long history. Every and single one of them. They're all great, great guys. Great of people. Yeah. Good to know. Good to know. And and again, I want to. uh, I know we're kind of we're going to kind of wrap it up. I want to thank you for coming by. I want to personally thank you for everything you have done, uh, not just musically for us and myself, but also our families. My kids absolutely adore you. Uh, You know that. And Rhonda has always been super generous with her time and efforts and again i think everybody who's out there will know that um there is nobody that spends more time at the uh signing booth waiting <laughs> till the very last person is done uh before she goes and this is after you know sweating to death on stage and and being worn out and like now showing days, up here you know there. without sleeping and, and just making her way into here uh always wonderful always uh, fun to hang out with there are a billion more stories no. i know that you could share even ones with us and uh uh, just thank you for doing this it.
1: This is part one. This, this is part, part one. one. Thank you to all. I love you guys. <laughs> dot, yeah, that's dot, right. dot. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till I come back to Springfield, Missouri. <laughs> Yay!
2: She's back. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for doing that it, and uh, thanks for being with us here at the Acoustic Shop. Knows people where we know Rhonda. Thank you. <laughs> Are we done? <laughs> all right. Is that over yet? Start recording. The end. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs>
0: Will you push the button? That was a great practice run. Guys, that was a lot of fun. I did the intro, so you should do the outro. Go.
2: <laughs> so Rhonda Vincent, that, Rhonda honestly is always so fun to talk to. It's so fun to get to actually – because we're normally – just sitting backstage and talking about things for a short period and then she's got to get on stage or she's coming to do some sort of commercial with us and helping us out with something or perform with us or something. This is the first time we have really got to sit down for a long period of time and talk about things other than the TV show, which again yeah. was shorter than that. But so great to talk to her and get to know her a little bit even more better. Even more better. I think you
0: yes. know. It sounds like we're just trying to uh, suck up Toronto by saying how generous and nice she is. But honestly, we've been out no. to eat with her a normal time, a number of times, and she's got to be the biggest tipper I've ever seen. Like she treats the wait staff like people should treat it, them. Like
2: enough that I want to actually become waitstaff. Like, a lot of times we'll go to
0: restaurants and I'll just start bringing the plates out just <laughs> so <they're> like. <laughs> I don't really I don't I want, want to pick say pick set the
2: plate down. I'd go back again and pick them up and set it back down for her. Is there anything else I can do yeah. for you, Rhonda? And I hold my hand out like this. No, I I have to say, to me, one of the uh, most cherished friendships uh, that I have is her and her family, uh, all of them. Uh, I've been just really great. We didn't really get into people. very much how close we actually got. Oh, well, she her said there's going to be a part two. Oh, part two. We'll get into that. But yeah, getting to know her family and hanging out with her daughters yeah. for years and years and years, as well as her brother. And and good job, Jason, with trying to instigate a fight conversation with Rhonda. I, and she I know you wanted to. She, she had none, none of else. that. She wasn't gonna She's, wait,
0: she's writing time. a book, I think, uh, as like one of those exposes, and she's keeping all the juicy stuff for the book.
2: Will you wait when we get when That's we get Darren in here. I know Darren well enough to know he'll go, that, he'll go that down this Rhonda's popped him in the eye before. <laughs> I mean come on we've all wanted to right Darren Vincent, right? he deserves it sometimes
0: uh, that was a really good podcast so I'm so thankful Rhonda did it um I can't wait to find out what our next guest is going to be. It's so I, fun to learn that we actually do know people.
2: I, as the booker of this podcast, can also not wait to know <laughs> <who> the next <laughs> <is>. <laughs> i got to get on that.
0: Uh, and also, thank you for sure, Delta Airlines for the new uh, sponsorship that they called, mid-show. Did they? No, they and didn't. we have free access to all of God, I wish that was true. Worldwide
2: that, would so awesome that would be so cool. awesome if it did Keep happen. It. And they have moved the
0: hub now to
2: Springfield, Missouri. So, Ooh, sorry, Atlanta. Learning. You've got power. Yeah. I all right. The podcast, man. The power of podcast. All right. You know what we should do is we should do it just like Rhonda did and just show up in their office and play them a demo. That we should do the story, story
0: that was oh, a fake yeah. story and uh, actually do the real one. Jimmy made that
2: one up. I don't know. What do <laughs> anyway, thank Rhonda again. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you for listening, podcast people. Yep. Um, and uh, that's what you know what, guys?
0: Them. If you can just share this podcast with one person. Then you all also will know people. Yes. Uh, we It's not just us that knows people. You know people. You know people that may like this podcast. And if you could share it with one person, that's really going to help us grow this channel. And yeah. I, I, um, thought say, I thought you were going to say,
2: I thought you were going to say, if you could just share this with one person, then that been? would be one person that would hear this podcast. <laughs> one <more> person. <laughs> yeah, we got to do our duties as podcast hosts and say, Please rate this where you get your podcasts, um, uh-huh. like and share it. And uh, it, it's only going to get better from here, folks. We're just waiting. We're just
0: waiting for the audience to grow before so we actually get about good at it.
2: But it never gets better. <laughs> All the stuff. By then, they're,
0: they're too invested don't. to give up. It's like, it's like when you're in a movie and it it's gets. like, "This, I can't finish this movie, but I've already put an hour into it. I, <laughs> I got to finish it."
2: This is like that last season of all the major hit uh, television Lost. shows. Oh my god! shark so you're just like
0: <laughs> it's like I know this isn't going to end well, but guys, I've been... hold
2: on, I got to go jump a shark.
0: <laughs> <laughs> get it? <laughs> I got it. Get all right. TV all right, show reference. We'll Thank you all. Yep. See you later. Uh, bye bye. Okay, Please work. play the music now.
2: The Acoustic Shop knows people. Handmade by Trent Pruitt, Hinkley Hinkleston, and Jason Chapman for the Acoustic Shop. Theme song written and performed by Ofra
0: And please remember to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.